Hello, and welcome to The Journey, a daily podcast reading through the Bible. Thank you so much for joining us today. As you listen, we're going to be using the New Living Translation of God's Word. Let's start today's reading. We are reading 2 Kings chapters 5 through 8 today. The king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. At that time, Aramean raiders had invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go to see the prophet of Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. So Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. Go and visit the prophet, the king of Aram told him. I will send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying as gifts 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. The letter to the king of Israel said, With this letter I present my my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, Am I God that I can save, that I can give life and take it away? Why is this man asking me to heal someone with leprosy? I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent this message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me, and he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. But Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me, he said. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God to heal me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus and the Abana and the Parfar better than any of the rivers in Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in rage. But his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says simply, Go and wash and be cured. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed. And his skin disease became and his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child, and he was healed. 
Then Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of God. They stood before him, and Naaman said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel, so please accept a gift from your servant. But Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not accept any gifts. And though Naaman urged him to take the gift, Elisha refused. Then Naaman said, All right, but please allow me to load two of my mules with earth from this place, and I will take it back home with me. From now on, I will never again offer burnt offerings or sacrifices to any other god except the Lord. However, may the Lord pardon me in this one thing. When my master the king goes to the temple of the god Rimon to worship there and leans on my arm, may the Lord pardon me when I bow too. Go in peace, Elisha said. So Naaman started home again. But Gerizai, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said to himself, My master should not have let this Armenian get away without accepting any of his gifts. As surely as the Lord lives, I will chase after him and get something from him. So Gerizai set off after Naaman. When Naaman saw Gerizai, he running after him, he climbed down from his chariot and went out to meet him. Is everything all right? Naaman asked. Yes, Gerizai said, but my master has sent me to tell you that two young prophets from the hill country of Ephraim have just arrived. He would like to take he would like 75 pounds of silver and two sets of clothing to give them. By all means, take twice as much silver, Naaman insisted. He gave him two sets of clothing, tied up the money in two bags, and sent two of his servants to carry the gifts for Gerza. But when they arrived at the citadel, Gerza took the gifts from the servants and sent the men back. Then he went and hid the gifts inside the house. When he went into his master, Elisha asked him, Where have you been, Gerza? I haven't been anywhere, he replied. But Elisha asked him, Don't you realize that I was there in spirit when Naaman stepped down from his chariot to meet you? Is this the time to receive money and clothing, olive groves and vineyards, sheep and cattle and male and female servants? Because you have done this, you and your descendants will suffer from Naaman's leprosy forever. When Gerizah left the room, he was covered with leprosy. His skin was white as snow. One day, the group of prophets came to Elisha and told him, As you see, this place where we built with This place where we built with you is too small. Let's go down to the Jordan River where there are plenty of logs. There we can build a new place for us to meet. All right, he told told them, go ahead. Please come with us, someone suggested. I will, he said. So he went with them. When they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. But as one of them was cutting a tree, 
His axe fell into the river. Oh, sir, he cried, it was a borrowed axe. Where did it fall, the man of God asked. When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick, threw it into the water at that spot, then the axe head floated to the surface. Grab it, Elisha said, and the man reached out and grabbed it. When the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, We will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, Do not go near that place, for the Armenians are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, again, Elisha warned the king so that he would be alert there. The king of Aram was very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, Which of you is the traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It's not us, my lord the king, one of the officers replied. Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. Go and find out where he is the king commanded, so that I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back, Elisha is at Dothan. So one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. As the Armenian, Aramean army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed, O Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Then Elisha went out and told them, You have come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Follow me, and I will take you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to the city of Samaria. As soon as they had entered Samaria, Elisha prayed, O Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes, and they discovered that they were in the middle of Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he shouted to Elisha, My father, should I kill them? Should I kill them? Of course not, Elisha replied. Do we kill prisoners of war? Give them some food and drink and send them home again to their master. So the king made a great feast for them and then sent them home to their master. After that, the Armenian raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. Some time later, however, King Ben-Hadad of Aram mustered his entire army and besieged Samaria. 
As a result, there was a great famine in the city. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for 80 pieces of silver and a cup of dove's dung sold for five pieces of silver. One day, as the king of Israel was walking along the city of the wall of the city, a woman called to him, Please help me, my lord the king. He answered, If the Lord doesn't help you, what can I do? I have neither food from the threshing floor nor wine from the press to give you. Then the king asked, What is the matter? She replied, This woman said to me, Come on, let's eat your son today, then we will eat my son tomorrow. So we cooked my son and ate him. Then the next day I said to her, Kill your son so we can eat him, but she has hidden her son. When the king heard this, he tore his clothes in despair. And as the king walked along the wall, the people could see that that he was wearing burlap under his robe next to his skin. May God strike me and even kill me if I don't separate Elisha's head from his shoulders this very day, the king vowed. Elisha was sitting in his house with the elders of Israel when the king sent a messenger to summon him. But before the messenger arrived, Elisha said to the elders, A murderer has sent a man to cut off my head. When he arrives, shut the door and keep him out. We will soon hear his master's steps following him. While Elisha was still saying this, the messenger came, and the king said, All this misery is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Elisha replied, Listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. By this time tomorrow in the markets of Samaria, six quarts of choice flour will cost only one piece of silver, and twelve quarts of barley grain will cost only one piece of silver. The officer assisting the king said to the man of God, That couldn't happen even if the Lord opened the windows of heaven. But Elisha replied, You will see it happen with your own eyes, but you wouldn't, won't be able to eat any of it. Now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Why should we sit here waiting to die, they asked each other. We will starve if we stay here. But with the famine in the city, we will starve if we go back there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Armenian, the Aramean army. If they let us live, so much the better. But if they kill us, we would have died anyway. So at twilight, they set out for the camp of the Armenians. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there, for the Lord had caused the Armenian army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses and the sounds of a great army approaching. The king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to attack us, they cried to one another. So they panicked and ran into the night, abandoning their tents horses, donkeys, and everything else as they fled for their lives. When the men 
with leprosy arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another, eating and drinking wine, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and hid it. Finally, they said to each other, This is not right. This is a good this is a day of good news, and we aren't sharing it with anyone. If we wait until morning, some calamity will certainly fall on us. Come on, let's go back and tell the people at the palace. So they went back to the city and told the gatekeepers what had happened. We went out to the Armenian camp they said, and no one was there. The horses and donkeys were all tethered, and the tents were all in order, but there wasn't a single person around. Then the gatekeepers shouted the news to the people of the palace. The king got up out of his bed in the middle of the night and told his officers, I know what, what has happened. The Armenians knew, know we are starving, so they have left camp and have hidden in the fields. They are expecting us to leave the city, and then they will take us alive and capture the city. One of his officers replied, We had better send out scouts to check into this. Let them take five of the remaining horses. If something happens to them, then it will be no worse than if we had stayed here and die with the rest of us. So the two chariots with horses were prepared, and the king sent scouts to see what had happened to the Armenian army. They went all the way to the Jordan River following a trail of clothing and equipment that the Arameans had thrown away in their mad rush to escape. The scouts returned and told the king about it. Then the people of Samaria rushed out and plundered the Armenian camp. So it was true that six quarts of choice flour were sold that day for one piece of silver, and twelve quarts of barley grain were sold for one piece of silver, just as the Lord had promised. The king appointed his officer to control the traffic at the gate, but he was knocked down and trampled to death as the people rushed out. So everything happened exactly as the man of God had predicted when the king had come to his house. The man of God had said to the king, By this time tomorrow in the markets of Samaria, six quarts of choice flour will cost one piece of silver, and twelve quarts of barley grain will cost one piece of silver. The king's officer had replied, This couldn't happen even if the Lord opened the windows of heaven, and the man of God had said, You will see it happen with your own eyes, but you won't be able to eat any of it. And so it was, for the people trampled him to death at the gate. Elisha had told the woman whose son had been brought back to life, Take your family and move to some other place, for the Lord has called for a famine on Israel that will last for seven years. So the woman did as the man of God instructed. She took her family and settled in the land of the Philistines for seven years. After the famine had ended, she returned from the land of the Philistines, and she went to see the king about getting back her house and land. As she came in, the king was talking with Gerizah, the servant of the man of God. The king had just said, Tell me some stories about the great things Elisha has done. 
And Gerizah was telling the king about the time Elisha had brought a boy back to life. At that very moment, the mother of the boy walked in to make her appeal to the king about her house and land. Look, my lord the king, Gerizah exclaimed, here is the woman now, and this is her son, the very one Elisha brought back to life. Is this true? the king asked her, and she told him the story. So he directed one of his officials to see that everything that she had lost was restored to her, including the value of any crops that had been harvested during her absence. Elisha went to Damascus, the capital of Aram, where Ben-Hadad lay sick. When someone told the king that the man of God had come, the king said to Haziel, Take a gift to to the man of God. Then tell him to ask the Lord, Will I recover from this illness? So Haziel loaded down 40 camels with the finest products of Damascus as a gift for Elisha. He went to him and said, Your servant Ben-Hadad, the king of Aram, has sent me to ask, Will I recover from this illness? And Elisha replied, Go and tell him, You will surely recover. But actually the Lord has shown me that he will surely die. Elisha stared at Haziel with fixed gaze until Haziel became uneasy. Then the man of God started weeping. What's the matter, my lord, Haziel asked him. Elisha replied, I know the terrible things that you will do to the people of Israel. You will burn their fortified cities, kill their young men with the sword, dash their little children to the ground, and rip open their pregnant women. Haziel responded, How could, how could a nobody like me ever accomplish such great things? And Elisha answered, The Lord has shown me that you are going to be the king of Aram. When Haziel left Elisha and went back, the king asked him, What did Elisha tell you? And Haziel replied, He told me you will surely recover. But the next day, Haziel took a blanket, soaked it with water, and held it over the king's face until he died. Then Haziel became the next king of Aram. Jeroram, son of King Jehoshaphat of Judah, began to rule over Judah in the fifth year of the reign of Joram, son of Ahab, king of Israel. Jeroram was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years. But Jeroram followed the example of the kings of the the kings of Israel, and was as wicked as King Ahab, for he had married one of Ahab's daughters. So Jeroram did what was evil in the Lord's sight. But the Lord did not want to destroy Judah, for he had promised his servant David that his descendants would continue to rule, shining like a lamp forever. During Jeroram's reign, the Edomites revolted against Judah and crowned their own king. So Jeroram went with with all of his chariots to attack the town of Zaar. The Edomites surrounded him and his chariot commanders, but he went out at night and attacked them under the cover of darkness. But Jeroram's army deserted him and fled to their homes. 
So Edom has been independent from Judah to this day. The town of Libna also revolted about the same time. The rest of the events of Jeroram's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. When Jeroram died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. Then his son Hazai became the next king. Ahaziah, the son of Jeroram, began to rule over Judah in the twelfth year of the reign of Joram, son of Ahab, king of Israel. Ahaziah was twenty-two years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem one year. His mother was Athaphahel, the granddaughter of King Omri of Israel. Ahaziah followed the evil example of King Ahab's family. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as Ahab's family had done, for he was related by marriage to the family of Ahab. Ahaziah joined Joram, son of Ahab, in his war against King Haziel of Aram at Ramath-Gilead. When the Arameans wounded King Joram in battle, he returned to Jezreel to recover from the wounds that he had received at Ramoth. Because Joram was wounded, King Haziel of Judah went to Jezreel to visit him. Briefly, we see in the reading of Elisha telling his young servant, that even though it looked like the army of Aram had had surrounded them and that they were vastly outnumbered, in reality, those that were for them were greater than those that were against them. For the Lord was protecting Elisha with heaven's armies. We can feel outnumbered and alone. But we know that God is still for us. And truly, when God is with us, we can always say that those that are with us are many more than those that are against us. We can take comfort in knowing that God is always mightier. Thank you again for joining us for the journey. Please be sure to share this podcast. Today's reading was from the New Living Translation of the Holy Bible and used with permission. Have a blessed day, and we hope that you'll join us again tomorrow.